This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. This episode is part of the second series. Chronologically, it falls somewhere before episode 35. The title of this episode is Big Brother. Big Brother. Was George Orwell thinking of Whitehorse when he wrote 1984? Is Big Brother actually watching us? Before we moved here, in the years before Alex, I came up to Whitehorse on my own for a job interview at the Yukon government. Things worked out except for hmm, some minor mix-up with the bed and breakfast when I arrived. The tests on Thursday morning and the interview on Thursday afternoon seemed to go well, and they said they'd contact me with the results early the next week. So because my flight didn't leave until Saturday afternoon, I had some time to kill. I decided to see as much as I could of Whitehorse and the area just to confirm my initial impressions that, yes, this would be a nice place for Mara and me to live. So I visited the museums and checked out the Mexican restaurant. I made tentative contact with a real estate agent to see a few houses and get an idea of prices and neighborhoods. I visited Miles Canyon and the fish ladder. I walked the Millennium Trail and checked out the grilled cheese sandwich food truck down on the wharf. There was even a folk singer launching her latest album in a concert at the old fire hall. I met some very nice people there and had some very good homemade cookies. By Saturday morning, I was downtown checking out the core of the business district and I had found well-read books that everyone had told me about. I was getting hungry, so stopped at a restaurant. Later, when I moved to Whitehorse, I would realize that restaurants at that location came and went quite regularly, with none of them lasting more than a year. But that very first time, it was some kind of Asian restaurant. I looked at my watch. Hmm, it was just 11 a.m. A bit early for lunch, but a sign on the door of the restaurant said they opened at 11. So I opened the door and stepped in. The restaurant was empty. Okay, not surprising that early on a Saturday morning. The door made a clunk behind me, and that attracted attention from the back of the restaurant, where I assumed the kitchen was located. An attractive woman about my age stepped out and walked slowly, hesitantly towards me. I moved towards her at about the same pace. I expected the table for one, right this way please, dialogue, followed by an explanation of the menu and maybe some details about the lunch specials. But the woman had no menu with her, and there were none on the tables. It was really hard to explain, but instead of the welcome to my restaurant expression on her face, she wore what I can only describe as an expression of quizzical anticipation. Maybe she was a recent hire and didn't quite know the routine yet. We met in the middle of the restaurant and stopped about three steps apart. For a moment, neither of us said anything. I thought maybe she wasn't expecting any customers so early. Maybe she was still cleaning up from last evening. I glanced at my watch and then looked up at the woman. Are you open? I asked. The woman frowned and then she spoke. Open? Open? Well, well, I guess you could say I'm fairly open. It was my turn to frown. What was going on? But before I could think too far, the woman smiled and stuck out her hand. Hi, she said. I'm Jenny. You must be Andrew. Aha! Finally it was clear. Yukon government test was not complete. The whole town was in on it. Probably every person in every place I had visited since Thursday was part of my evaluation. Like, how else would Jenny have known information that could only have come from my resume? 
I had to play along until I could figure out the point of the test. Well, yes, Andrew is my second name, I replied. But my first name is Charles. Everyone just calls me Chuck. Jenny frowned. Maybe that wasn't the right answer. But what were they looking for? I glanced around to see if there were any discreet cameras recording our conversation. I could imagine the evaluation committee reviewing the footage after. But I couldn't see any cameras. They must be really well hidden. Jenny led me to a table by the window and asked, How is this? Great, I said. This will be fine. I was surprised again when Jenny sat down on one of the chairs by the table. She'd obviously given up the charade of playing waitress. I mean, once in a truck stop and cap was casing, the waiter had sat down at the table to take my order. But he had explained that it was the end of his shift and he was really tired and his feet hurt. It was only 11 a.m. here. Jenny's feet couldn't be sore already. We were obviously moving into a new stage of the interview test. I hurried to sit down across from Jenny. So, you're an architect, she said. <laughs> no, that was strange. Because she'd seen my resume, she knew I was not an architect. This must be some sort of trick question. But how was I to answer that? Mm, I thought the truth might be a good approach. Maybe that's what they were testing. My ability to tell the truth. No, I'm an engineer, I replied cautiously. But lots of people get engineers and architects mixed up. We both work on building designs sometimes. Jenny frowned again. Maybe that wasn't the right answer either. But what were they looking for, anyway? And I kind of thought you had a beard, she said, feigning slight confusion. <laughs> oh, that wasn't in my resume. They must have really been doing some deep background investigation of me. I couldn't even start to imagine how complicated that would be. Checking old yearbooks, finding old ID card photos. And to what end? They probably knew more about me now than I did. In a fit of rash desperation, I decided to tell the truth again. Well, yes, I used to have a beard, but I shaved it off about two years ago when I got some bubble gum stuck in it. Jenny stared at me silently. I fidgeted, thinking this wasn't working out nearly as well as the formal interview on Thursday. After about ten seconds of silence, the door of the restaurant opened with a clunk. Jenny and I both looked over. In stepped a man, about my age, a bit taller perhaps. Jenny glanced back at me, then at the man, then back at me. Maybe the man was here for an interview, too. Uh, excuse me, Jenny said. She got up abruptly and strode over to the man by the door. Andrew, she asked. Jenny, he replied, through his bushy red beard. I had an immediate suspicion that he might be an architect. Jenny led Andrew to a table at the far end of the restaurant and suggested he sit. Then she went back into the kitchen and I heard a shrill interchange of women's voices, but I couldn't understand what was being said. Jenny reappeared gave me an awkward glance, and went to sit across from Andrew. Five seconds later, another woman, a slightly older version of Jenny, appeared from the kitchen carrying a glass of water and a menu. She glanced at Jenny and Andrew, then headed over to my table and set down the glass of water. Only just yourself today? Okay, here's our menu. The specials are on the back page. I'll be back when you're ready to order. Over the next half hour, I pieced together the story from snippets I couldn't help overhearing in the small restaurant supplemented by wild speculation on my part. Jenny had moved up from Vancouver to help her sister with the restaurant. She put her profile on an online dating site. Andrew saw it there and contacted her. After a few back-and-forth messages, they agreed to meet. Jenny thought that 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning in her sister's restaurant would be a fairly safe bet. And when I arrived exactly at 11 a.m., Jenny mistook me for Andrew, 
but couldn't quite reconcile my appearance with Andrew's online photo, and thus all the awkward interchanges. It wasn't really Jenny's fault. She was new to Whitehorse. Otherwise, she would have known that Yukoners operate on Yukon time and rarely arrive according to schedule for social events. So it wasn't part of the job evaluation after all. I was quite relieved to find out that all of Whitehorse was not actually part of a Big Brother-type government program to ensure I was telling the truth, but I've had reason to rethink this a bit. Yes, I got the job and moved to Whitehorse with Mara. I met Jenny and Andrew again, individually and under different social circumstances, and I confirmed the details of the story that I had just guessed at originally. I didn't ask them, of course, but everybody in Whitehorse just knows about everyone else in Whitehorse. It's that kind of place. It's actually a good thing. When Joseph Glatt saw our garage door open one Friday, he knew he wouldn't be home until Sunday and knew he wouldn't have left it open on purpose, so he closed it. Or like when Kathy and Jim moved into the little house. Everyone just knew they needed help and pitched in to make their first months in Whitehorse a positive experience. So it's not 1984, and Big Brother is probably not watching. It just seems that way sometimes. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.ca slash podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.